Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 225, The Pull That Brings You Forward. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Matthew as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, and I'm, yeah, I'm loving it. Beautiful days are good. Yeah, right now it's nighttime. I don't know where you're calling from, but if it's still daytime, then enjoy the sun while it lasts, right? Yeah, the best sunshine. <laughs> Just a smidge. But today, you know what? Actually, yeah, sunshine is more enjoyable for this hobby. Yeah, you can do it at night. It might be a little more difficult, but I'm pretty sure it's better in the day. And that hobby is canoeing. But but before we stream down that path, I, don't know, I was trying to make a cheesy canoe pun, but that didn't, didn't fall. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about Matthew. So Matthew, I'm going to ask you the cliche question of who is Matthew? Matthew. So I'm from Northern Saskatchewan in Canada here. And I am a tech guy. So I, I do tech stuff, uh, online you know, websites, IT work, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but, you know, outside of work, I'm a adventurer. I love to go out and explore and do whatever I can to see as much as nature as I could. Then Saskatchewan has a lot more to explore than where I'm from right now, Ottawa. Not as fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> so actually, before we jump into the topic of canoeing in maybe Saskatchewan or anywhere else in the world, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share? I do have an Instagram. It's a North Sask guy. And I post, you know, canoeing, hiking pictures, um, a lot of pictures of Northern Saskatchewan on there. And it's not up to date right now, but it does give you an idea of what I'd like to do. Perfect. I'll put that up or put that down in the show notes so people can go check that out and see your adventure. And speaking adventure, let's go right into the topic of the day, canoeing. Now, we could talk about where you're at right now, but all this must have had a beginning. So how did you get introduced to canoeing? Was it something that you did with either a family member or you saw it on TV or you just saw a canoe in the river floating away? You're like, I got to save that canoe. And he jumped on and you knew instantly what to do. Yeah. So the way it actually started is that I, this is about four years ago, I had high blood pressure and I went to the doctor and he's like, you need to start exercising more and I was like, all right, let's do it. And so I started going for walks, you know, around around the neighborhood and I got bored of walking on sidewalks and seeing houses. So I started finding trails to walk onto. And we had some little nature parks in the area there. This is in in Winnipeg. I was living in a different town at the time. And, you know, from from walking in the city streets to walking in different urban trails, I eventually, you know, decided like I, I like this. I really enjoy this. So I started getting into hiking longer trails and that turned into backpacking. So then I started, you know, backpacking through the mountains and backpacking through the prairies and backpacking through the Canadian Shield and everywhere that I could that I, I liked. And it wasn't until I, I moved back home, I'm originally from Northern Saskatchewan, that I, you know, realized that, you know, I can do this backpacking thing, but I can also do the exact same thing on a canoe. Because we have so many beautiful lakes and rivers around the area here. So it's, well, I, I basically had everything that I needed to do it already. I just needed a canoe. And and I was able to rent a canoe, get out, and realize that I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It's, uh, it's basically like backpacking. And it's just a lot more beautiful uh, when you go on canoe trips. You're able to move faster, see more. And you're able to just really be 
in with nature because you're feeling the flow of the water as you go and you're going from destination to destination and you know the landscape changes from one to another you know, where you start isn't the same as you know uh, doesn't look the same as where you finish no absolutely <clears throat> sorry choking on my breath no absolutely and i can imagine when it comes to canoeing itself there's different places you can go canoeing it could be either a river a lake Technically, you can go in the ocean, but that might be a little dangerous. But for you, what is your preferred environment to go canoeing? So I absolutely love paddling rivers. Rivers are probably the most fun. Lake paddling is okay, you know, sometimes. Um, but paddling on rivers is really, really the best because you've got a current flowing. So it helps you move a little bit faster. Uh, the, the smaller rivers, you know, tend to have more more turns. So it's a little bit more fun. You're not just going in one direction. You're, you know, moving left and right. And the best part, one of the best parts that I think, in my opinion, uh, canoeing in like Northern Saskatchewan is our rivers have a lot of white water. So that's really where the most of the fun is. You have these big waves and you're, you're going through them and you're trying not to fall over, especially if your canoe is full of, you know, your tent and your food and whatnot, everything you need for surviving on the wilderness, you know, you don't want that to fall in the water. So you know, you're, you're trying really hard and for about 30 seconds, you're doing whatever it takes to get through those waves out to the next level of calm water. So that's really the best part for me is, you know, traveling on these rivers, finding these white waters to traverse and getting through them. And I would imagine when you do go canoeing, you plan ahead of time, of course, or I could be wrong, but usually you don't want to just go down a river and find out that, oh, there's a waterfall at the end of it, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You don't, <laughs> you definitely don't want to go down any waterfalls. So yeah, there's uh, tons of maps you can, you can get and a lot of, uh, a lot of local knowledge. There's a lot of people that do canoeing around here and you know, they, they do it more than I do and they've done more rivers than I've done. But so it's always good to go to those people and say, Hey, <laughs> you know, what's, uh, what am I going to expect on this river? You know, how are the, the portages? Do I have to portage? Can I, can I go over this, this set of rapids? Mm -hmm. you know, this one says it's a, you know, it's a class three or a class three plus, which is, you know, you, you got to have some skill to get through this kind of type of rapids, you know, but like, can I get through this? And, you know, so it's always good to, to plan, like look at maps, look at, uh, look at your skill level and just ask other people who have done it, you know, what's, what's it like? And I would imagine I could be wrong, but you have, some experience behind this, you have a higher skill. Do you prefer to go canoeing alone or let's say you like to do with company, especially for the harder rapids? I like to go with somebody. It's, um, I feel like it's a lot more easier with somebody. And I actually got a story about canoeing alone, um, where I almost got into, you know, an accident and, um, it was not fun. Yeah. So that was actually my first time doing white water in, Ooh. uh, uh, a solo canoe and I was doing good because I went upstream first. So I was paddling against the current and getting, getting a feel for it, getting used to it. And then as I was coming back down, I was going down this, this path that I, I, it's not the same path I went up from. It's a different path going down. And I've never been down there before, only been up it and down it on a, a boat. So I was going down with my canoe, going over these big waves and about halfway down these waves, I, my canoe tips over and I, you know, I kind of panic. I had a GoPro on my head. 
and I ripped it off my head and just threw it in the water. I don't know why, <laughs> but you know, I couldn't, couldn't see these waves are big. They were about four feet high. So when I was at the bottom of them, you know, I couldn't see over them and I didn't know where I was going. So I just rode it out, held onto my canoe. And once I got to the bottom of this wave, so these rapids, they meet a waterfall and it creates this big 20 foot whirlpool at the bottom. Oh God. And so I basically got sucked right into that whirlpool. And as I was at the bottom of this whirlpool, you know, you know, when you're in a whirlpool, like you're at mm-hmm. the, the, the grace of the whirlpool, like it's either going to shoot you out or it's not going to shoot you out right away. Mm-hmm. So I was actually in that whirlpool. Um, I'm going to guess like, uh, um, maybe a minute and a half. And Jeez. I was holding my breath and it got to the point where, you know, I couldn't hold my breath anymore. And my ears started ringing and my vision started going dark. And I thought like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm done. I'm a goner. And so I just eventually reached a point where vision is completely black and then my, my ears just stopped ringing. And then I just let go of my breath. And at that moment, I let go of my breath. The whirlpool shot me out and I was up, oh, wow. up above water again. And, and then I, uh, I, I, the struggle wasn't even over then. I had to paddle, I had to well, paddle, but I had to swim to shore and I was going against this current and, you know, it was still trying to pull me under every once in a while with the, the undercurrent. And I, um, I was just trying to, you know, uh, get as much energy as I could to, to swim to, to shore. And once I got to shore, I didn't have a canoe, you know, and I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And uh, it wasn't the, wasn't the smartest thing I've done, but eventually, uh, a boat came by and it was actually my girlfriend's dad who oh, wow. you know, just happened to be passing by. And I waved them down and they were surprised to see me. They were like, what are you doing? Like my face is, you know, big, my eyes are bloodshot. And I was like, yeah, I kind of almost died. <laughs> Just like, casually oh. say that. Yeah, where, where's wow. your canoe? And I was like, um, I don't know. And he had to go back the next day because the canoe was still stuck under the, the whirlpool for a day. Re- but he wow. went back to his boat the next day and he was able to, he was able to find it. So, so that's a, a bit of a long story as to, to why I prefer to go with other people now rather than, rather than alone. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> safety first. And actually, speaking of safety, did you wear a life jacket when you were in the situation? Oh yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. I always always wear a life jacket anytime I'm going down. Anytime I'm going down any kind of a, a rapids or a strong current or anything, you know, safety first always for me. The only time I won't wear a life jacket is if I'm in calm lake water and I know that if I did tip over, I you know I could swim. <laughs> And, you know, get back onto my boat somehow. And it also has me wondering, when the whirlpool shot you back out, you said your vision was still black and your ears were just ringing. How long did it take you to really, like, get your vision as you're trying to swim away? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I feel like my vision came back, like, right away. Um, because I, you know, it all happened so fast and I, I feel like my, my vision came back. Um, almost instantly, like I, like it went dark, it shut off and then it just went back on right away. And, you know, so I was doing some research after that. I was like, Hey, why does this happen? And, you know, kind of the reason that I passed out is because of the the buildup of a carbon monoxide in my, my lungs from holding my breath. So I think what happened is that as soon as I let go of my breath is that it released that carbon monoxide and gave me, you know, an extra five seconds, 10 seconds, whatever. Um, uh, and, you know, and that kind of brought me back to, to consciousness enough to be able to realize that I was being shot out and above water again and, and uh, a chance to swim to shore. 
Jeez, well, I'm, I'm super glad that you made it out and you're here today. And so that's a good thing. Yeah. you. Yeah. So I, I know I can hold my breath for a long time now. It's like a pass out. So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm <laughs> sure you're not going to go. me. It's like, who can hold their breath in the water along this? I know I can do it till I pass out. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I'm sure that's not a challenge you want to try again. Not in a world. No, 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 never again. But I, I would imagine these kind of experiences make you more hyper aware of your surroundings now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, because of that, I know if I'm going down rapids, uh, that uh, if that were to happen again, you know, uh, that I have a plan on how to get out of it. You know, so what I did wrong is that I, I just floated down with the current when I should have swam out of the current into a more more calmer area. So now, you know, because that, that, those rapids were one that you can't really can't really scout. You have to kind of know what you're doing before you go. And, you know, I was just, I was, wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't, uh, wasn't ready to, to do it. So, you know, a little bit more, more planning ahead of time and making sure that I understand what I'm doing. And I got a bit more training after that, you know, learning how to do eddy turns, which is, you know, getting out of the current into a calm part of the water because it does take a little bit of skill to be able to turn out of moving water into calm water, you know, cause it has that, that eddy line, which gives a, a bit of a, bit of a turn it pushes your your canoe so you want to make sure you you have full control of your canoe as you're turning out of that so just um learning different ways that i could avoid a situation like that again and becoming a better better paddler from it but i actually uh two weeks after that happened i went down those rapids again um that next time with my girlfriend we went together she's a she's an avid paddler as well and you know i just didn't let it didn't let it scare me. Didn't let it turn me away from from doing doing what I love, and just let it uh, be a learning lesson as to how to do it better. Well, speaking of which, I guess is a good follow up question. What would you say are your personal do's and don'ts when you do go canoeing? Uh, personal do's and don'ts. So, do you always plan your route and do like let somebody know, you know where you're going, how long you expect to be when you plan to be back and you know if you're going to have some kind of form of communication that you can reach out to them and let them know that you've reached your your destination and then uh don'ts would be you know don't 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 put yourself in a situation that you aren't comfortable with and you know don't um you know don't 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 go somewhere where you're not not familiar with it you know if you if you're not familiar with with a certain area, you know, find out as much as you could about it. You know, you know what, whatever it takes. If you have to get to walk through bush for an hour just to see what the rapids look like on the other end, do it. Because if you have no idea what you're getting into and you're not skilled enough to get out of a situation, then it could it could cause trouble for you. And now to switch gears a little bit, the canoe itself. I'm sure you've tried out a bunch of them, and you may actually own your own canoe as well what is your preferred type of canoe and or even paddle like this why do you like those kinds yeah so basically my the main canoes that i i prefer um kind of split into two two different types of canoes so the the first that i i own and that i i prefer to use more more often um, because i like to do tripping and white water and um, prone to hit rocks so i want something durable that's a um there's different brands that make them but the the type is royal x so royal x used to be a type of material that was used for canoes until 
the company, I believe, was sold or went under. And a new company started making something called T4MEX. That's, uh, but it's a really robust material. You know, you could wrap these canoes around a rock in rapids. And if you can get it out of there, you can bend it back into place and it'll be good to go again. So, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a safe canoe to, to take anywhere. And the second would be the ultra lightweight canoes are awesome. I love them. I can't afford them myself yet. But if I did, then I'd probably be using a lot more often. But they are, you know, they're made out of Kevlar or... Um, well, the best ones that are made out of Kevlar. You can make them out of other materials as well, too. And there's actually a, a manufacturer in my hometown. So this is, I live in a small town. Population is like 4,000 maybe. And we have a canoe manufacturer in town. He's actually the only canoe manufacturer, I believe, in all of Saskatchewan. And he makes these uh he makes these uh ultralight Kevlar canoes and they're they're beautiful, they're absolutely um, amazing, they're super light to use, and you know, I've had the chance to to paddle a few of these canoes and I absolutely love them. If I could afford to buy one, I would would use it. So those are those are my my two canoes. I if I could have both, I'd have both. So I'd have the Royal X slash T four Mex canoes, or I'd have an ultralight Kevlar canoe and use it for different purposes most likely and of course there's the paddles that come into play and they're probably cheaper than the canoes themselves right so when it comes to oh, the yeah. paddles i'm sure you own your own <laughs> you're not renting anymore are there any specific paddles you prefer to use yeah there's a couple of paddles that i i own that i i like to use um, the first one's just a basic it's a wood wood paddle you know it's the common ones that you would see you know but i i made sure that i got the wood ones because it feels more it was more authentic to me, you know, paddling down down these old rivers because, you know, the people that lived here thousands of years ago have been paddling these rivers and that's how you get from community to community. And, you know, before before we had roads up north here, you know, that's how everybody got around is from paddling their canoes. Um, so that's the one I use for most of the time. For most of my paddling is my, my wooden canoe or my wooden paddle, not wooden canoe, that'd be heavy. <laughs> my wooden paddle. Um, but I also bring with me a whitewater paddle, you know, for, for playing in the whitewater. So those, those paddles have a bit of a, a bit of a curve on the blade and mm -hmm. a, yeah, a bit of a curve so that when you're trying to turn in moving water, any kind of water, really, it gives you that little bit of extra, uh, control. So you're able to, to get around. And, you know, when I'm going up to certain whitewater areas there and you could, paddle up and down the one river back and forth you know i take it with me for sure and it's just good to fool around with it it gives you more control you're able to spin and turn faster and you know really have more more control on those so those are the only two that i own uh maybe in the future i might buy a uh like a racing paddle a marathon paddle that's got the whole the whole uh, uh what do you call it the blade and the shaft are basically where they meet it's a it's bent right there so those are what the the racing canoers use to to paddle faster. I don't have the energy to to do racing canoeing. That's uh, one thing I did try with my girlfriend last year, and I think out of six people, we came in fourth place. So it wasn't wasn't too too bad. But you know, at the end of it, I had no energy. I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. I feel like canoeing for you is more of a relaxing thing, not a thing you're like, okay, I gotta go, I gotta go, stressed. Oh yeah, just go. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I love to. I mean, I do love to paddle fast. I love to paddle long days, but you know, I think for me, really, 
one of the big things that I enjoy it the most and also with backpacking when I was doing a lot of backpacking is just um you know putting your putting in the hard work and you know you're you're going for six hours straight a day you know you're taking a couple of breaks here and there but you know you're from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed you're constantly doing something you're busy you know but you're enjoying scenery on the way you know you wake up in the morning and you know if you're going on a, like a say like a five day canoe trip six day canoe trip you, know, you you wake up in the morning you you uh you get wood you make a fire you cook breakfast you eat and then once you're done eating you start planning out your your trip and saying okay this is where we are you know we can paddle maybe 30 kilometers today and we'll be at this point and once you figure that out it's like all right time to start packing up so you take your tent down you clean your dishes you pack everything up that you took out for the night and you get ready to head out and then once you're heading out you're paddling for you know three four hours like you stop for lunch make lunch and then paddle again and once you get to your campsite you're setting up camp you're cooking supper and then you're by that, at that point you're you're exhausted and ready for bed and then you're falling asleep and then you repeat that again for another four or five days <laughs> it's your daily workout but you mentioned sightseeing as well which leads me to ask while you're canoeing sometimes you know you just want to take a break in the middle of the river or lake to do some sightseeing or fishing so what is the most interesting thing you've seen while canoeing one of the most interesting things, and it's all over northern Saskatchewan, is that they have these these um, old Aboriginal rock paintings. So nobody knows where they come from. They don't know what was used to make them. But all they know is that they've been here for, for thousands of years. And they're just these paintings on the, the edge of the rivers. Um, some people believe they were used as um, markers to let people know that they're on the right path to go to the next community. But they're, you know, these random red drawings on these rocks against the river. And, you know, some, some depict an animal, some depict, you know, a person or a sun or some random thing. Like it looks like a bridge. And, you know, they're just scattered all over the place. You have to like really look closely at these, these rocks. And, you know, sometimes people are finding more of them um, without knowing they're there. Most of them are documented now, but I believe uh, there is still that are, are found. And, possible that some can still be found because sometimes they were drawn below water level so if, you know you're paddling a river on a high water level year you're not going to see it because it's under underwater but you know they survived for a long time you know nobody's touched them and it's just it's just interesting to see some of them are really faded though so you got to like stand close to it or sit in your canoe close to it and look at it and try and make out what it is and you know it's really really interesting and just to think about you know the person who did that thousands and thousands of years ago and you know them not knowing that they're still going to be around um, in like this this time and us not knowing what it meant but i'm sure it had a reason back then and so i think like and that's one of the most interesting things about canoeing up here in northern saskatchewan is that you know we have those those ancient rock paintings that um, not nobody really knows too much about them and well, did you ever take uh, any photos of them? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of photos of them. I think on my Instagram, I have a picture of me looking at them. I believe so. I don't know if you can see the pictures or the rock paintings in them, but you know, you, my girlfriend was in the back, I was paddling in the front 
and she took a picture of me and I'm just, you know, staring at this, this rock. So it looks weird, you know, if you don't <laughs> understand the context, you know, I'm just sitting there looking at this big rock wall, but you know, I'm looking at these, these rock paintings that are on there and just, you know, thinking about the person who drew them you know, a long time ago. It's like paddling down the river and it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw a little man here and a, and a moose beside him. Like, yeah, like, it's just uh, interesting stuff. And now it's got me wondering as well, like there must be a lot of interesting stuff like around Canada and even the world when you're going canoeing. So for you, is there anywhere, let's say within Canada or anywhere in the world that you would love to go canoeing? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of places in Canada that I would love to go, love to go canoeing. I know Ontario has, um, has some really, really nice, um, lakes and rivers in the Algonquin area there. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, Northwest Territories as well too. You know, I see a lot of pictures of people people paddling up there, and it's kind of it's similar terrain to to where where I am right now, but it just seems you know very very beautiful, and I you know I'd like to like to like to experience that. But you know, even outside of that, you know, just there's lots of places all over the world that have have great paddling. Like I was watching videos of guys going down these crazy white waters and. Uh, or I think it was like Pakistan and, you know, it's crazy, you know, um, just the, the, like the, the strength of those rivers, like it's, it's, it's insane. You know, I don't think I have the skills to go down them, but mm-hmm. you know, if I knew <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> that I was going to go, go there in a year, you know, I'd be working hard to make sure that I had the skills to be able to go down those, those rapids. I feel like it's on your bucket list now. <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of, kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah, I got to make sure I. I get good before before I go there, so that's going to take a it's going to take a bit of practice. So I have canoed and camped in Algonquin Park, and it's stunning. Yeah, so yeah, I highly yeah, recommend. So I it. want I want to check it out at least at least once. So if I go there for a couple of days, you know, I'm definitely going to stay close to somewhere where I can get on the water quickly and just paddle in. You know, and that's that's one thing. I, like I don't I like camping, but I don't like camping at campgrounds. You know, when I know that I can paddle for two hours and be somewhere that's, you know, slightly remote away mm-hmm. from everybody and I don't have to worry about, you know, the the neighbors, uh, the, the neighbor, the camper Love next door, <laughs> kids crying all night and music or partying, you know, I can be out in, you know, beautiful, quiet, serene nature. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what happened. And also when we went further down in the area we went, there was this like natural water slide Ooh. that you like, you just go down and it's so smooth from like just the water, just smoothing out the rock and you just slide down, it shoots you under and then shoots you right out. And huh. you know, it, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's cool. And, uh, it's one of those little hidden gems. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds fun. See, I'm, 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 I'm hyping you up to just come to Algonquin park. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to have to now. Definitely. I don't, I don't know where I was going to go there, but uh, that's definitely where I'm going now. I just knew I was going to go there eventually sometime. I just didn't know where, where, but yeah, that's where I'm going. You just need to like throw an arrow at a map and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically yeah. my plan. I was like, oh, this place looks nice. I like that. I like the way that river looks. Yeah. It's a nice river. Yeah. That, that's, that's how it is. <laughs> it's, it's always like that. Uh, and for you, what would you say is the best part about canoeing? The best part about canoeing is... When when you start paddling and like that, I don't just mean like starting in general, but like at the beginning of the day or the beginning, you know, as soon as you get your boat in the water there and you start paddling, you know, it doesn't, 
feel, it feels like work. It feels, you know, okay, I got to paddle, stroke, 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 stroke. But after a while, once you get a feel for the water, it's kind of, it feels natural. It feels like you're kind of like one with the water and that, you know, you're not, you're, you're not just paddling, you're moving your paddle through the water. You know what I mean? And you kind of feel, feel the waves and you could feel the, feel the, uh, the strength of the water, you know, so when you're trying to turn, you know how to turn properly. And it's, it's basically, it's like a sec- second nature. And you just, you basically, it's, it's like uh, Zen. You know what I mean? It's uh, serene. And it's just, uh, once you get that point, it doesn't even take long. It takes you know, maybe 30 minutes of paddling. And then you, you reach that point where it's just like, it's like a second nature. It's like walking on the street, you know, it's just, you're not even thinking about what you're doing. You're just, going you're correcting you're paddling correcting and going and it's just uh yeah you just absolutely fall in love with it and you just look around and nothing but water around you lakes trees and sunshine sometimes you get rain but you know rain days aren't bad has it ever happened to you that you're just canoeing and you're in that like state of mind just relax and then you like snag back to reality you're like how did i get this far <laughs> oh yeah yeah i got lost <laughs> once doing that well not not almost lost almost got lost you know i was just paddling it was a big nice open lake and you know, me and my girlfriend were paddling and i was supposed to be the navigator and you know <laughs> we we're going there paddling paddling and then i you know i looked at the the like i, I snapped out of it and i looked around me i was like i don't recognize this from the map <laughs> and then I, I went to stop and pull up the map and i was like okay hey, where are we? And I'm trying to figure it out. And I was like, we should be right here. But that island isn't on this map right here. And I'm trying to figure it out. I was like, okay. So it turned into like a maybe a 30-minute detour. So it wasn't too, too bad. But we, I'm glad I snapped out of it right away because I was like, yeah, there's something. Something just didn't feel right to me. And it's like, <laughs> it kind of looks right, but it kind of isn't. And you know, but it, it does happen. You know, it def- definitely happens. Especially on those bigger lakes with lots of, with lots of, Lots of uh, islands, and you gotta basically find your point from one one island to the next, one island to the next, and you know you get into the flow of things, and you're just paddling away, and then the next thing you know, you're like, uh, "Did we miss our turn?" You know what? I have a solution. It does take you out of the nature experience, but if let's say you were to get lost in like in one of your trips, and you're trying to find it on the map, and it takes more than thirty minutes, maybe three hours to try to figure out, you bring a drone with you, and then you just shoot the drone way up so you can see the landscape You're like, all right now i know i can see the map from above but once again this takes you out of that whole nature experience i've thought about getting a drone yeah definitely like just even just capturing capturing videos and you know recording recording going down rapids and you know because i i do i try to convince people that they should be they should be paddling too because you know, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful and really, it doesn't take much skill because unless you're going to go like shoot whitewater rapids and, you know, go down a whirlpool for a couple minutes, you know, you don't need, you don't need any, any skill really to, to start paddling. And it's, you know, it's, it's nice. So I'm trying to encourage people to go out and explore and do these different things. Um, so, you know, I thought about like getting a drone would be perfect because then you could see this, but there's a lot of people who are, are doing that. And mm. the thing is, you know, I don't. I don't trust myself to have <laughs> in an expensive piece of electronics and a canoe, especially the way that I paddled down rapids. Mm. Would not trust myself at all. Would you trust, it would trust be gone. I would lose it just like I lost my <laughs> GoPro, you know? 
Oh, I'm just still trying to figure that a, out. Yeah, it's like, like, just throw it. Throw it away. Yeah. Don't make me lighter. That's my, <laughs> my first reaction. So I, if I ever meet somebody who does scuba diving and they're up north here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask them to go scuba diving down there, see if they can find it. Because I'd, I'd love to see my, my moment of panic when I took my GoPro off my head and just tossed it right into the water. Do you remember the approximate place where you threw it? Uh, yeah, yeah, approximately. You know, I, I, I feel like it would go, um, I feel like it would float in a certain way, uh, a certain place because, you know, my canoe and my water bottle were in a certain area. So I feel like it would make its way there and be at the bottom of that spot somewhere. So I feel like, I feel like we could find it. You know, this would be highly, highly, highly improbable. But what if it just caught you in the whirlpool? Like it was, it, you caught the perfect moment of you actually in the whirlpool. Ah, uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish. That would be the best. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah. But Once again, highly improbable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're waterproof, so they should be able to, mm -hmm. should have been able to capture it. Is that a, I assume it would kind of float a little bit or not too heavy, so. It should float long enough to have reached down to the point where, where I got caught in there. And for you, when you did first start doing canoeing, what was your biggest challenge? When I first started canoeing, my, I think my biggest challenge was trying to, trying to keep up with my, my girlfriend. She was a professional, well, not really professional, but she's been, been doing it since she was a kid. You know, her dad was a guide for one of the canoe outfitters up north here since he was, 14, I believe, um, since he was a young guy and he was probably one of the strongest whitewater paddlers uh, up in Northern Saskatchewan as well, too. And, you know, just so she, she grew up around canoeing and being around whitewater and she had a lot of skills. So I really needed to, to keep up with her. You know, we just started dating uh, maybe a couple months before we went for our first canoe trip together. And, you know, I didn't really want to tell her. It was like, I'm not that good. So we kind of, kind of figured it out as we went along and it was just, just keeping, keeping up with her. And yeah, really, I guess I, I should have trained a little bit more. Uh, we, we've been, we did get in a, a tough situation where we were in a windy, a windy lake. So it was a big lake. And, you know, when you get wind on the lake, you know, the waves get big. And when you get a lot of wind on a big lake, you get really big waves. So our first day on our first seven day canoe trip, we got caught in a storm and you know, it was pretty pretty crazy. I thought we were gonna die. We joke about it. we say we we say that we died and you know, everything else passes just a dream. Because it was it was crazy. We had eight foot waves, you know, pushing us forward, or eight foot for me, because I was in the front and when I would look down, you know, it would look like it was eight feet from where I was to you know, the bottom of the water. And then we also had, you know, four foot waves coming from the side, crashing against us, trying to tip us. So we really had, you know, these waves coming from two directions and we had no control of the canoe at all. We were just making sure we didn't tip because last thing you want to be, you know, last place you want to be is stuck on the water in a storm, you know, just floating around there. So we eventually crashed into, crashed into the shore, into this, uh, kind of, a. Uh, well, it was a it was a bush, but it was really really swampy. We had to walk through um, maybe about a fifty feet of swamp till we got to kind of a harder area, and we 
sat there for a bit and like, okay, we'll wait out the storm. But the storm didn't end for a couple hours. And like, all right, I guess we're setting up, setting up camp here. So that was a, that was a really good challenge. It kind of, you know, we survived this. It was the first day, literally the first hour of being on the lake. And, you know, if we can survive this, you know, we're, we're going to survive the rest of the trip easily. I love how you're calm. You're like, oh, yeah, had, this is my second near-death experience. And, you know, it was, it was a good experience. Yeah. yeah. I learned a lot that, from that, my... Was my, that was my first near-death <laughs> oh, experience. Yeah. So, I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad that I was, I was with her because, you know, she had absolutely control of that boat. I guarantee if I was with somebody else in that canoe in that storm, we would have tipped. And I, uh, I probably wouldn't have, you know, been around after that. But, you know, be- just because she had all that experience, I feel like she kept control of most of the boat. Because, like, half the time... Like I said, these are eight foot waves that were, there was eight foot from where I was to the bottom of the, the water, you know, so like half the time my paddle couldn't even touch the water, you know, being in the front of the boat because I was way up there. So like, yeah, kudos to her because she really, really held the, held, held that down and, um, and uh, kept us alive. Shout out to your girlfriend. If she's listening mm-hmm. to this, shout out. <laughs> Well, okay, well, she hopefully will. you didn't have any other near-death experience, right? Uh, not that I remember. <laughs> I like not how you have to pause. You're like, oh, well, actually. <laughs> there, was, there was probably some close calls, but. So, yeah, I had a Cheerio serious. once the wrong way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you, never, you never know when you something, never know. something close could have happened, but. Yeah. Well, I'm gl- once again, I'm glad you're here and you're safe. And that yes. was your challenge when you first started. What is your current challenge these days? My current challenge these days is trying to find more time to go out and do more trips. You know, it's uh, been pretty been a pretty busy year for me, and I feel like I didn't get out and do as much as I want to. But you know, I've got lots of time ahead of me. You know, I'm not not that old. I'm pretty young, and you know, I've got years and years. I don't plan on leaving leaving around here anytime soon. And you know, there's just so much to explore. So much rivers so much different lakes, you know, some you have to fly into with a, with a float plane and, you know, some require you to go for like 12 days, you know, and it's just, you know, I need more time really to, to go out and explore them all and do as much as I could. And, you know, my biggest challenge is you know, making, making time to go out and do that because, you know, at this point, you know, I've, I know how to paddle, you know, I know how to go down white water and that's really, really all you need to know. There's not much, not much to it. It's all practice, practice, practice really and getting comfortable, getting a feel for the water and knowing your, your limitations, you know, so yeah. there aren't much challenges these days. It sounds like you have no limitations. <laughs> no, no, I will do anything. If somebody says I can do it, I believe them. All right. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push you to the test. I'm not going to say, <laughs> Hey, go up, upstream, up a, uh, a waterfall with your canoe. Like, yeah, that might not be possible, but yeah, I'm not going to, I'm and not going to test you. If somebody said you can go down that waterfall, I would say, <laughs> all right, I believe you. I believe <laughs> you that you believe me. <laughs> Bet you five bucks you can't do it. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, part of canoeing is being well prepared, like you mentioned before. So for you, what are some things that you bring along with you? Some essentials. So I, I have a list that I, I use, you know, of course, uh, first aid kit is, uh, very important, especially when on the longer trips, cause you never know what's going to happen and how long you gotta, you know, be a, uh, 
emergency worker for somebody. Um, so that's the most important thing. I guess a canoe is important as well too. And also waterproof gear. So you need, you know, a, a barrel or waterproof bags to put all your, your gear in because you never know if you're going to flip your canoe or if it's going to rain. And especially if you're on like a long trip, you definitely don't want to be, you know, sleeping on a, a wet mattress or the wet sleeping bag or you don't want to be overnight in cold, wet clothes. So have, make sure your waterproof gear is, uh, is important. And then other than that, you know, food to cook. And I also use a, I use a satellite messenger. So, you know, I, I actually, I don't really use it. I, I have it. I own it. I pay for a subscription, but I never use it. But, you know, it's a, a cost that I could justify just because if something ever did happen, you know, I'm prepared. I can uh, send for a helicopter to come out. I can text somebody, you know, if I know that. I was supposed to be on a five-day trip, but we had a really bad storm and I decided to camp for an extra day. You know, I could text somebody and say, Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an extra day. You know, we had a, a bad storm and you know I don't want we didn't want to risk going on the this big open lake during the storm, so we decided to camp for another night. So yeah, so it makes safety is the, the big thing. Safety and comfort are the, the two big things. So as long as you have, you know, dry clothes, a shelter. Um, a way to help you in case something happens and an extra paddle. Extra paddle is important too. Because if you lose a paddle, you know, you're, you're in a, you're in trouble without a, without a paddle. Last thing you want to do is be stuck in the middle of nowhere without a paddle and have no way to get around. Yeah. You, cupping your hand does not work. No, no, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. but you You're go from, optimistic. you know, traveling, yeah, five kilometers an hour to, you know, 0. 0.05 kilometers an hour. So yeah, yeah, you, you're get not there. getting anywhere. Very, yeah, very slow. In a couple months. Now you sound like a very calm and collected individual, but what would you say is the most stressful part about canoeing? The most stressful part is really when you've got, you know, Strong winds, I, I believe, is the one part that stresses me out the most, especially when it's blowing against you and you know you got you got to paddle against it for for a long time because it takes a lot of energy out of you and it's you know it could could delay you a lot. So if if you're trying to get a certain distance, a certain you know time frame, and you've got the the wind working against you, you know you're not only moving slower but you're working harder and you're getting exhausted so you don't want to paddle for as long as during the day so and it's just it's a a pretty pretty stressful experience and uh most of the time when that happens and i'm just saying okay let's let's pull over here let's see if the let's see if the storm dies down if um you do that and usually end up taking a nap i absolutely i love sleeping absolutely love sleeping you know i could sleep anywhere so you know, if we're going to pull over for 30 minutes, I can close my eyes and fall asleep for those whole 30 minutes. And, you know, so that's what, that's what I would do is I would just fall asleep, regain my energy. And, be, you know, if it's still, if it's still windy, I'll, you know, my brain probably work a little better after I sleep and be like, all right, you know what? We can paddle really hard to that island, hide behind it. And then from that island, we can paddle that to that island and hide behind it. You know, but, you know, it's just the, the act of working against, working against mother nature. It's uh, it's stressful. She likes challenges. That's that's what I hear. And I have to she ask loves you. Them. Since you like to sleep anywhere, 
Have you ever slept while canoeing? Like either drifted off or you're like, you know what? This is just an open lake. I'm just going to just take a nap in the middle of the lake. Not, not really. Not while I was paddling. I did take a nap. Um, this is actually recently. This is like a week ago. I went on a, I took some youth on a canoe trip and it was, it was so hot. It was super hot for three days. No, no cloud coverage, just straight sun beating down on us in the lake for three days and halfway through the third day we're halfway you know halfway to our our uh, destination and we had this boat show up and it was like hey i came to check on you guys and i was like oh cool cool yeah it's like no we're uh we're doing real hot and then the kid the the team that i was with he was like oh i'm hopping on the canoe i'm done or on the boat i'm done i was like really you're just gonna leave me like that he's like yep just <laughs> hop right off the canoe out to the boat and then um and one one of the other uh, uh, adults that are were paddling with us, he is like uh, to the boat driver. He's like, "Would you be opposed to towing us behind your boat?" And he's like, "No, no, for sure." So we all tied up to each other. We had five canoes tied behind a boat, and I just laid down in the boat and took a nap as we paddled back. Yeah, we didn't we didn't we didn't move very fast. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I was I was kind of scared I was going to fall into the water, <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, "This is this is nice." Like after after you know two and a half days of paddling in straight heat, you know, it feels nice to just do nothing and be by the water and and you know have this nice little breeze. And it it was nice. So I took a little I took a little nap. See, now you're making me feeling relaxed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your meditative like relaxation is making me relaxed. Oh, and yeah. now to just go the opposite way of being relaxed, what would you say are some misconceptions about people who go canoeing? Misconceptions. So there are, it's hard to hard to think of any. You know, I think a lot of people think that canoeing is expensive, you know, because you have to, you know, travel a certain place and you know have a canoe and have all this this different gear but you know if you just want to get into canoeing you know renting a canoe only costs maybe like 30 bucks for a day you can find canoes for 30 rentals a day you know, depending on where you are it might be upwards of 70 dollars but you know you can find these economy canoes to, to rent and go out for a day and explore you know a lake or a river and something and you know it, it gives you the paddles gives you life jackets that gives you, you know, a, a throw bag and a baler and everything you need to to be safe on the water and then you can just just go and just do it you know it doesn't it doesn't get expensive until you start getting addicted to it like me and you know you you want to have everything all your your comfort gear you know best best uh have the best cooking and the best tent and sleeping bags and you know all that fun stuff but really if you're just starting out you can you can do it you can even go tent or canoe camping um with just whatever you got and that's one of the good things about canoe camping is that or about canoeing over backpacking is that you know backpacking you're limited to what you can carry on your back when you're going canoe camping you're limited to what you can put in your canoe so you have a lot more room in a canoe than you do than you carry on your back so you can take you know you don't have to have an ultra light sleeping bag you can take your your blanket from your bed, you know, your pillows, you can take your big tent, it doesn't have to be a super ultra light tent. You can take all your cooking gear, plates and forks, you know, whatever you can fit in your canoe. And you really don't need much once because once you're out in the, the, the nature, 
canoe camping. Like it's, you just set up, you sit around and you eat and you sleep basically. So you don't, you don't need much. You probably have everything you need to do it already. If you've ever gone camping, all you need is a canoe. Well, I guess I have to get a canoe now. Thank you. You do. You do. <laughs> and for canoeing itself, what has it taught you in life? A canoeing has taught me that it's, um, you know, some of the, the best things are earned through hard work. You know, some of the best feelings are earned through hard work. You know, when you, when you plan something out and you just work on it all day, you know, all night, and at the end of it, when you reach your destination, you reach your goal, you know, it's, 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 it's so worth it. You're able to relax and enjoy it and, you know, think back onto, you know, all that hard work. And I was like, okay, you know, what did I, you know, what did I, what did I learn from this? You know, what did I do? What did I enjoy? You know, what didn't I like? And really mold it and then do it all over again. You know, it's just, it's a process, you know, cause you start, you start with, you know, thinking about it, you know, it's an idea, you know, and then you start planning it. So you have it written down what you're going to do and then you actually do it. You know, it's a, uh, it's very rewarding and it's absolutely, it's enjoyable. And that's the one thing that I, I like most about it. And that's what I, I try to take that idea and apply to my, you know, my personal life, my work life. And, you know, take that idea is like, all right, you know, I want to do something, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out what I want to do first and then I'm going to make a plan and I'm just going to go and I'm just going to give her and whatever it takes. Cause you know, that's what you got to do in your canoe. You know, it's whatever it takes, you know, if it's, if it's windy and you can't paddle, you take a break, you know, or if you see maybe, you know, after your break, you see islands, you can paddle up to that island for recover, next island recover, you know, same thing with whatever you're doing, you know, you just, you got to find a way to get through, keep going, keep moving forward. And, you know, eventually when you get to your destination, you know, no matter what, what you've been through, no matter the, the struggles that you had to uh, fight, you know, the challenges you had to overcome, you know, once you get to your destination, it's like, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad I did it. I'm here. I made it, you know, and it's just, it's a great feeling. So that philosophy from canoeing is something I truly try to incorporate into as much of my life as possible. It's like cooking a meal, taking your time, putting the right ingredients, and then getting to mm -hmm. enjoy it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you taste it, it's like, hmm, worth it. <laughs> that that campground where you're going to land, mm, that's your dessert. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because may maybe it's by a waterfall, you know, you know, and it's, it's all worth it. You sleep with, you got white noise all, all day, all night, you know, and while you're sleeping, it's just constant whoosh. Well, it's got me wondering as well. I don't know if you've already done it or you would like to do it, but go canoeing and see the Northern Lights. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I've, uh, once, once I did, yeah, but oh, they, really? they weren't, they weren't very strong, but, um, I'm usually in bed too early. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like I'm, I'm exhausted. And at the end of the day, after we cook and set up tent, you know, I'm maybe up for like 30 minutes, an hour after that. And, as soon as the sun goes down, you know, as soon as the sun sets over, I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'm sleeping. I'm telling you, man, this is where you need that GoPro. Just put it back on your head if you can find it. And then you can just record the Northern Lights while you're sleeping. If you're sleeping outside. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm going, I don't, I don't sleep outside. Yeah. But <laughs> next year, I actually am planning on to, you know, I'm going to get to, I'm going to start to hammock, hammock camping. Mm. You yeah, just got to fight off those horse flies. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they make uh, <laughs> bug tents or something for it to to protect me from that. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> Keyword. Mm-hmm. I hope. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I still got to do some research. I just. I just know. I know it's a thing that people do. So it's uh mm-hmm. It's definitely interesting. And for anybody who might be interested in this hobby, do you have any word of, uh, word of advice for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just go and do it. Like that's really, really all all it is. Like find a place that rents canoes. Find a friend that has a canoe. It could be any kind of canoe. So, like I, I the type of canoes that I like to use, you know, they're around the three thousand to four thousand dollar range. Um, I bought mine for five hundred dollars used from a canoe outfitter, and you know, but it doesn't have to be that expensive. You can buy a four hundred dollar canoe. You could rent a thirty dollar canoe. You know, whatever, whatever it takes and just get out on the lake, you know, learn the basics, learn, you know, how to paddle, learn how to steer. You know, there's tons of YouTube videos you can watch that teach you that and just go out on the lake, do it. And, you know, you'll either love it or you won't. And, you know, that's when you'll find out as soon as you're on the lake, you'll find out if you love it or not. I remember I went to a scuba diving class once and one of the first few things they teach you is what you do when you get water in your goggles. So in the middle of the, the ocean, it's like, all right, open up your goggles. All right, now this is water. How do you get it out? So I would imagine one of the first things as well you learn while canoeing is how to recover or how to get back in the boat if it flips over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a lot, something a lot of people don't know. So that's uh, one thing I like to teach people too because it's, you know, it's fun is doing the, the tea rescues. So. You know, it only works if you got two two um two canoes with you. But you know, it's uh, yeah, I'm surprised about how many people don't 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 know that I and I always you know, I forget about it too when people, you know, ask what they need to learn. You know, but basically it's a simple concept where you have one canoe and then the other canoe that's flipped over, you know, you grab it and you lift it upside down over your canoe so it allows all the water to pour out and then you just flip it over and put it back in the water and then you got to hold on to it while the other people jump back into the canoe. So, you know, I don't know if I explained it good, but no, no, you did. It was a really good visual. Yeah, Yeah. no, it was very clear. And I would imagine it's either impossible or a lot harder to do that when you're by yourself. So probably the best thing is try to pull the canoe to the side where you can do it on land. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, to get, back onto a flipped over canoe by yourself is pretty, pretty hard. I've, I've never even tried it. I've never tried it, but, uh, what you got to do is you basically hop onto the canoe so that it's like half in the water and the other half sticking out of the water and then you flip it out, you know, but it's going to have a bunch of water in there. Then you got to take all the water out of there by hand. And then, and then you got one person on one side holding onto the canoe while they're in the water still. And then one person jumping into the canoe, and then the other person's leaning over while the other person's trying to jump in from the other side. No, it's a lot. It's no, a lot harder a to get into a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my word of advice is if you're going canoeing and you think you're going to tip and you're not close to shore, make sure you go with somebody. Good, 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 good advice. Absolutely. And I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end because we want to promote you. So do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you're working on that you would love to share? Yeah. So check out my Instagram. It's a North Sass guy. And I try to post as much as I could on there. My hiking, my canoeing, uh, just waterfalls, you know, beautiful nature attractions around uh, where I live here. And, you know, I'm 
know, if you got any suggestions at any time of something you want to see up here, you know, no matter how far away it is, I'll, I'll go paddle out and I'll go take a picture of it for you. Matthew is up for any challenges, but I'm telling you, do not give him impossible challenges. You know, gotta, <laughs> gotta remember Matthew's human. He and apparently life. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been through a few, uh, life threatening situations while canoeing. Let's, let's keep it at no, no more. Yeah. All right. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for people, uh, for just listening to that PSA from me. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'll put those down below so people can go, or I'll put that down below so people can go check that out. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about canoeing? Uh, my question is, where's that place? You know, you got, you gotta let me know where that place is where you went to, went down the, the water sliding area. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. So I'm in Ottawa right now. It's I think this was, this is what, 20, no, that's not 20. It's like 15 years ago. No, yeah. Like something like that. So it's been a while, but I remember it was like this place where you would get to rent a canoe and then you paddle, you paddle to a little place. Then you pick up your canoe with all your stuff and you walk for like 30 minutes and you go into another like little lake or river area and then you find your ground and then you set your ground and then you canoe for another 30 minutes and then you find it. So it kind of, it's like a natural waterfall that goes, not a waterfall, but like a natural slide that goes into like a little pond. And if you were to walk down more, there's like this waterfall you can just walk underneath as well. I guarantee you I can find it just from that description. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also that, if, if to make it even easier, there's a lot of horse flies. I don't know if that makes it easier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I love, I, I'm a horse fly whisperer. And yeah. I can, I can talk to them. He'll tell me exactly where it was. Where is it? Where is it? You just hold them hostage. <laughs> it's over there, hostage. man. It's over there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll try to find it and I'll send you the link. But yeah, if, I would love to go back. Maybe once my kids are a little older, we'll all go back. And uh, yeah, I'll teach them how to dodge horse flies. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on and sharing your passion for canoeing and also keeping a very calm presence. Even in a life and death situation, you're pretty calm. Uh, I don't know how you do, man. It's it's a power. It's a superpower for sure. It happens. (laughs) It's life. It's a Tuesday kind of thing. (laughs) If you guys would like to learn more about Matthew, you should go check him out. I'll put the link down below to his Instagram. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast and want to show some support, you can. You can leave a review, be a guest on the show, buy some merchandise, join my Patreon. I'm also working on a board game, so that's coming out. I got a bunch of things I'm working on. But in the meantime you should go check out matthew's instagram and see his adventure so matthew thank you once again thank you for having me so until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care